Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I asked my son last night. He goes, oh, man. I, the Chiefs, Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're in playoff mode. Mahomes is in playoff. <laughs> playoff Mahomes is different, Dad. Your son is smart. Yeah. Your son is smart, which means he got it from his mother. Oh, yes. We need to have Philip Sims doing the podcast Seriously. maybe next year, right. especially in the playoffs, because Dad was doing well until the postseason rolled around. Now Dad is taking a little bit of a nosedive. Five and five straight up so far this postseason. Five and five against the spread. One and two best bets. In contrast, I'm seven and three in the postseason, both straight up and against the spread. Three yeah. and zero best bets. And last week, a rare perfect week. It helps to only have four games, but it was a rare perfect week for me. Straight up, I was so nervous about the divisional round. I thought I was going to go zero and four, end up four and zero. I've got a three-game lead, which may be insurmountable straight up. I'm up one game in best bets. And off we go with the final three games of the regular season to this weekend. And then obviously the Super Bowl, we will do no wagering or prognosticating on the Pro Bowl games. But uh, three games left before 2023 is in the books, Chris. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed and shocked too. I mean, you know in years past, not that I'm great all regular season, but the playoffs – I usually knock it out of the park, but it, you know, it, it's been a year where I feel like in more playoff games, like last week, it was a little bit more maybe of a coin flip in some of those games. Uh, I thought I was on the right track with the with the 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 Lions and the Bucks and the Bucks being my best bet, right? But they didn't cover because I think the spread was six. That hurt me. That missed field goal really hurt me. Uh, but but yeah, I should have listened to my son. He's been telling me all along. Right, and uh, he's riding that Chiefs bandwagon still, and I'm sure he'll continue to ride that this weekend. Are are you one and of those? Had, go ahead, picked. Mike. Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say. Are I was you, just gonna say. I picked. <laughs> you go. Are you one of those that's like? There's this, you know, community in football right now, and I just saw like three people in the hallway 
where it's like they want nothing to do with Chiefs or 49ers, right? Do you have that feeling? Like, I know this is a, a, a countrywide feeling, it seems like, but I'm a little surprised, like, People are that sick of the 49ers already, even though, you know, they've only been to one Super Bowl, a bunch of NFC championships. I understand the Chiefs things, but man, it's like everybody wants to see Ravens Lions. Yeah, I get that vibe as well. Look, I I just want a good Super Bowl. I don't care who it is. And I I want to be right as to the two teams we pick, or at least the two teams I pick. Who, who will qualify for Super Bowl 58, but we just saw Chiefs 49ers four years ago, so I could see why people wouldn't want to see that again. The Lions have never been in the Super Bowl. It's been 11 years for the Ravens. So, you know, we like different. We like new. We like something other than what we're used to seeing, and that's one of the realities of being the top dogs. The Chiefs and 49ers have been among the best teams in football for the past five years. It's nice to have a little new blood, but it really doesn't matter. We're still going to watch the Super Bowl. Well over 100 million will tune in, and you want the best possible game. You want the best teams and the best game, and it would be great. There would be layers and levels of intrigue to a Chiefs 49ers rematch when you consider that the 49ers were up 10 points with seven minutes to go. They hit on the jet chip wasp play on third and long that that set the Chiefs up to make it close, and then they took the lead, and then they got another touchdown, and it was unbelievable. So, yeah, I'd love to see round two of that. Any combination of these four teams is fine with me. Yeah, I I hear you. You know, I don't know. There might be one combination I don't really care to see, uh, but – but Which one? Lions-Chiefs? No, I – you know – Lions – Yeah. That was the first game of the season. It would be great that the end of the season – What about 49ers? uh, Ravens. Yeah, I'd be all for that. I think I would be. I for whatever reason, Ravens Lions does not excite me. Right? Uh, it does not excite me. But like both teams are certainly capable of winning this weekend, and I might have to pick that because they are capable. So, but yeah, it's not the one that gets the juices flowing quite to the same capacity as as maybe some of the other matchups, at least for me. But I think I'm in the minority in that conversation. So since we have only two games this week and a full hour or at least 53 minutes to talk, where will you be watching the games on Sunday? Yeah, I got to figure out. I, I'm, I'm hoping the barn. We're going at least through a little – well, our whole – I mean, it's, it's you know, global warming. The winter now is just like – it's nine, mu- nine weeks of uh, the first week of April. We had one cold week last week. So the barn shouldn't be too cold, right? Like every day is spring here right now in our winters. I'm hoping I can get the fire warmed up and ready to go to where it's comfortable in the barn. I like to be in the barn, right, because, you know, got a great TV, got a good setup, and I can smoke in the barn, and that's important to my viewing experience, right? I can't smoke in the house. That's the no-no. I got kids and whatever, but the kids know when dad goes in the barn, he's going to have a little time to smoke, and, you know, you're not allowed in there until it clears out a little bit or whatever, so that's the biggest reason I want to go in the barn. Then I can really, you know, play my A game as I watch the watch these games. <laughs> Weather on the ones, high of 40, low of 35 in the mean streets of Greenwich okay. on Sunday. Yeah, so you cold. will need to put a few logs on yeah. the fire and keep it warm in the barn. I was telling you before the show, you need to get a heat pump in your barn. I got one in mine and it changed everything. I used to go down there to hang out, do some writing, watch TV, whatever, several years ago. And it would be... 55 degrees when I would walk down there if I was lucky start the fire and 90 minutes later you finally get comfortable and then 
half hour after that, you're sweating because it's 85 degrees. There was no way to regulate the temperature. So this this thing is great. It keeps it at a nice, even temperature. And then you turn it up when you go down there and you're comfortable no matter how cold it is outside. You should look into heat pump. And I know you can afford it because you can't hide money. All right. Uh, I'll be down in, in my barn now. Of course, yep. It, it'll probably be my son and me. I don't know if we'll invite other people over. We've become very insular in our football watching experience i just like it to be me and him watching the game talking about football not talking about other shit right just let's talk about the game yeah. what do we see focus on that and yeah. i because i'm trying to kind of i'm trying to kind of you know bring him along in the in the business i i'm i'm gonna like die one of these days i'm not that delusional one of these days i will drop dead hopefully later than sooner but who the hell knows and he's gonna have to be ready to take over so it's a family-owned business, family-owned food truck, just like an NFL franchise. The equity passes to whoever's in the will, and for now it's him unless he pisses me off and it'll end up being somebody else if somebody else wants it. For now it's him. So uh, anyway, trying to, trying to right, get so him up in to the speed barn, on some of the nuances. Food, like, I'm, I might order some like, big-time food, right? Like, that's where I got to get on that today. Um, because like uh, I, I usually in these type of situations are only Sunday sitting on the couch. I think they call that the munchies. Yeah, they, that's exactly right. Motherfucking Chris Sims gonna have the motherfucking munchies on Sunday <laughs> at some point. Need to get, need to feed me. Uh, and that's where like I lean on a lot of these times my favorite barbecue place in America, Salt Lick. Right, Salt Lick. It's about thirty miles outside of Austin, Texas. It's the best barbecue barbecue you could find. They'll cook it. You know, seal it, FedEx it overnight, you know, on dry ice and whatever else. And then you just got to get it to your house and you throw it on the grill or the or throw it in the oven to warm it up and it's ready to go. So that's what I'm looking to do so I can uh, really have a good experience and, and kind of enjoy the day. We got a couple of local options where we'll get food for our games in the barn. There's a restaurant not far from here. It's a bar slash restaurant called The Social Tap, which has excellent wings see i'm going to get in trouble with other establishments in the area for promoting only one but have better wings i guess is the only the only way i can you know stick handle my way around that and it's close and it's easy they get great pizza we'll get food there or or and i don't know where we stand on our national you know food chain sponsorship but my son and i love jersey mics and i don't know if it's danny devito in the commercials or what but we love I hear Jersey you. Mike's. I hear and you. We, we and will, we will get Jersey Mike's at least once a week. Not even when there's anything going on. Like tonight, I said, hey, it's Thursday night. We're used to watching football. Let's go hang out in the barn. I'll get Jersey Mike's. He's like, I'm down with that. And so that's what we're going to do. But Jersey Mike's is great. The hot subs are better than the cold subs. I get it when I'm in Greenwich. Staying at the hotel there. Forget about room service. There's a Jersey Mike's about a half mile away. I'll walk down there and get Jersey Mike's. It so, used to be hey, one Mike's, little me- store. Give me, in the Jersey Shore. Give me some of my money back. One little store. Give me store. some of my money back. I've been giving you money all year. It's incredible. I mean, this was a local family establishment that, you know, I've told you before, my mom, Dirty Diana, she's a Jersey native, right? She grew up knowing about Jersey Mike's when she would go to the Jersey Shore. So when I was young, I mean, five, six years old, when uh, we were down the shore before we went home, we were going to hit up the original small little, you know, sub hero shop, Italian shop and, and get some on the road. And I mean, I know you like them now, but as you can imagine, the original 
was like insanity in the membranity, right? It's still good now. I'm with you. I agree. But, you know, things get commercialized a little bit. It loses its little family touch or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, okay, that's cool. See, you love Jersey. That's why you love me. You just might as well move up here to the area, join the squad, and just, you know, just embrace it. Jersey Mike's will be everywhere. In Jersey, you'll never have to go far. It'll be easy. <laughs> Not that I'll ever win the argument internally, but I have been entertaining relocating Whoa. recently. Whoa. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. Just, you know, eight acres is a lot of maintenance. When when the four-wheeler happens to flip over and it isn't quite as easy as flipping it back, once it's on its side and the motor goes through a cycle or two while it's still on and the oil and the other fluids move to places they don't really go, it tends to screw things up. So I'm going to have to buy a new, yeah, I need to have one. I need to have a truck. I need to have a tractor. I need to have this. I need to have that. It all adds up. So it's uh, 10 years may be enough of having eight acres. Maybe it's time to have one acre again. I hear you. So, uh, so anyway, anyway. Uh, but, and last word on Jersey Mike's. And, and I know you can do this a lot of places, but for someone like me that's used to going to a place and standing in line and ordering and waiting, I got this app. It's a boom, 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 boom. It's ready in 15 minutes. You drive up, you walk in, you grab the bag, and you go. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Right. So, uh, anyway, free advertising for Jersey Mike's, but oh. Jersey Mike's were open for business if you want to do some advertising with PFT Live because it will be real, it will be authentic, and we're giving it to you for free, even though you've never given me a free sub. <laughs> Although I've earned, I've earned, I've got the points. I've got 276 short points, but I always let it ride. They're like, do you want your sub for free? You'll get it for free. And I say, ah, let it ride. Let it ride. Let it keep going. I like I like seeing that big number of short points from Jersey Mike. All right, let's get to it. Yep. I didn't think we were going to have anything to talk about, and here we wasted about uh, 15 minutes. Okay, AFC Championship. Third-seeded Chiefs at the top-seeded Ravens. Sixth straight year the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship. First time the Ravens are in the AFC Championship since 2012 when they ultimately went to the Super Bowl and won it. The Ravens are favored by three and a half points. The over-under is 44.5. And according to DraftKings, 67% of the spread money is on the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Chris, you've picked the Chiefs to lose five times this year. I've picked them to lose twice. I've picked the Ravens to lose seven times. You've picked them to lose three times. I don't know how relevant any of that is to Sunday, but it is factual. It is historical. It is based on what we've done this year. So who do you pick to win? And who do you pick to lose on Sunday in the first of the two conference championship games? I mean, you know, first off, what a matchup, right? I mean, two AFC powerhouses really here through the last decade. Uh, we know that. I mean, two quarterbacks who both have two MVPs. We know Lamar's about to receive his. Uh, I mean, you've heard me talk. I mean, the Chiefs. Play, like we started the show, playoffs, Mahomes, I, you know, playoffs, Chiefs. It's, it's incredible that they could be that inconsistent and all over the place the whole regular season and then get in the playoffs and go, nah, we're ready, we're detailed, we don't mess up anymore, we're going to function like the most high-functioning offense you've ever seen in football. I mean, that's what they did last week. They showed signs of that the first week against the Dolphins. So it's incredible that way. I'm amazed by the Chiefs. 
And as you said all day today, right, the Chiefs aren't going to be, like, enamored or scared or wide-eyed in this situation. You know, when you win the Super Bowl coming back the way they did, no, there's no such thing as pressure anymore. You know, it's like, oh, we've been there in the hardest, most pressure spots. Going here, AFC Championship game, that's not that hard, right? A team that they feel like they probably have had gotten the better of more times than not. So, I mean, let's go. Where do you want to start here? Chiefs O, Ravens D, I think maybe I'll start there. You know, here, here's the thing for me, Mike, and I'll pose some of these questions for you too because I don't know these answers. I'm interested to see how this plays out too. The Chiefs have become a little bit more smash mouth, right? Last week you saw I, that might have been the most balanced attack I've ever seen the Chiefs and Andy Reid have. I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 22 times. They ran the ball. You know, it was almost, I think it was 55, 45, 60, 40, but that's damn good for the Chiefs, right? Running the ball, Playing that type of game, their O-line, it's become part of their football team, right? So that's where I go, and they had success doing that last week. They dominated the line of scrimmage. Now, it's the Ravens, though, this week, right, Mike? The Ravens, the biggest, baddest motherfuckers on the planet up on the front seven, right? I mean, we talk about it every offseason. They just pillage the biggest, baddest dudes there are. They're like, come to our team. We're the Ravens. If a fight breaks out, we're going to kick the shit out of everybody in football, right? So... Do the, do the Chiefs want to play that route? Do they want to play th two, three tight ends, try to run the ball? You know, or are they banging their head against the, the, the wall a little bit? Or do you take the approach of, wait, you know, the Ravens, they do a lot on defense. If we spread the field a little bit, it might show their disguises and who's blitzing, and we have a really smart quarterback who knows how to fix protections and, and block everybody up. Do we want to do that and kind of put the game into Mahomes to pick them apart in the pass game? And I would say the Ravens are more big than they are fast. They have a pretty good blend of both, but I would say size is where they're most impressive. Do they go that route and then go, hey, what do you want to do, Ravens? Do you want to, do you want to blitz us and play man and we're the Chiefs and we got some creative ways to beat that? Or do you want to play zone? And, oh, then then maybe, you know, hey, this is Mahomes. He can pick a part of zone. So that's where I think it could be interesting because the Chiefs have swayed a little bit towards ugliness, power football. This is who we are. But they're going against an animal this week that, you know, we said earlier today and you said earlier today, you don't want to get in a phone booth fight with this guy. They love phone booth fights, the Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, I'll leave it to you and your thoughts there. And just that's one thing that definitely intrigues me about the matchup, Mike. I would want to play to my strengths if I'm the Chiefs, and my biggest strength is Patrick Mahomes is one of the great quarterbacks of all time. He finds a new level in moments like this. He's hyper-aware of legacy. He's two wins away from getting to number three by way of Super Bowl championships as he tries to catch Tom Brady's seven. So you're going to see him more locked in. Certain guys just thrive in those moments. Joe Burrow, for example, he reaches a higher level of performance in the postseason. Mahomes is the same way. I mean, Mahomes has a pretty high level in the regular season, as does Burrow, but he kind of quietly morphs into a next-level superhero when these games roll around. And you don't hear any talk about it. I said last week, watching him play the Bills, he's just got that sideline demeanor when yeah. Chiefs are on defense of somebody who's just ready at the drop of a hat to go do what needs to be done. He's not stressed out by anything. He's anxious, but he's not nervous. He's excited but he's not rattled. 
and he's just there's everything about the way he's like he's edge of the seat I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready at all times and then he goes out there and he does his thing so I would spread him out I would force them to cover Travis Kelsey Rasheed Rice who is coming along Marquez right. Valdez Scantling who has figured out how to you know hold on to the football yeah. and again this is about next level and then you mix in runs creatively Isaiah Pacheco is one of the angriest runners that I can remember. And to put him on the Chiefs, I think that's one of the reasons why they're running so much. They yeah, realize this sure. guy can move the sticks. This guy can set a tone. This guy softens them up. And then we slice them and dice them in the passing game. And and if you do it right, you zig when they think you're going to zag. You get them, you know, you get them fatigued. You get them in a position where... Mahomes running around buying time. I mean, that's the key. Even if the pass rush begins to get to him, what do we see from Mahomes? We see him moving around buying time until somebody gets open. So I'd spread him out. I'd put it on Mahomes. I still wouldn't ignore the running game, yeah. but I would definitely put it on Mahomes. I don't want it to be something where the Ravens can just resort to brute strength because I think it's easier for them to not – become odd by the moment if yeah. it's just bang, 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 bang. I hear you. I want it to be, oh, wait, this coverage, this coverage, wait, this guy's here, this guy's here. Oh, wait, don't go that way. Oh, shit, there's a touchdown. I would rather get them where they have to think, not where they just have to go straight ahead, if that makes any sense. No, no, I, I think that that's fair to say. I, I hear you. I hear you there, right? I mean, that's why I, I think it's it, – I agree with a lot of what you said there. I'm with you, you know. There, there's a part of me, though, that also goes, damn, you know, the first off, Joe Tooney's health of the football game, let's not forget, that's going to be very important. He's an all-pro guard. He is the best pass-protecting guard in football. He's got to go against Justin Matabuke, who we know is one of the best pass-rushing D tackles in football. That'll be an issue. You know, let alone Crean Humphrey, he was an all-pro last year. You know, uh, Trey, Trey Smith, the other guard, he's a damn good player. He is. You know, so that's where I also look at it and go, you know, this is one of the strengths of the Ra the Chiefs football team, too, is to go run it up the middle and dominate that part of the field. Like last week, when they they start, like the, the Bills started to go, oh, no, they're running on us and they're pushing our D back four plays every four yards every play. You know what happened, too, Mike, and this is where I posed the question, and I'm not sure, is the Bills, started, the Bills don't like to play man-to-man. -man. They started to go, we got to load the box and play man-to-man. -man. And then what happened? Mahomes had a deep pass to Valdez Scantling. He had another deep pass to Valdez Scantling, right? They got three 30-plus yard air throws, which I don't think Mahomes has had in two years. And that was because of the run game. So that's where it is interesting. But I think like you, I lean more on the spread it out thing too. Spread it out. If they play total coverage, trust that Mahomes can get to the run game check and do that. Also, you brought up the Ravens pass rush. As we've talked about, the Ravens' pass rush as a front four is not special, and the Chiefs can protect the passer. I mean, you saw the game last week. Mahomes sat back there. He could have baked two cakes, put icing on it, had a few bites, put it in the fridge, and he still could throw the football. So that's, too, where I think I lean on what you're saying as well is spreading them out because now the Ravens might have to show their blitzes, and I just don't think you're going to fool Mahomes and Andy Reid all that much. Uh, with Mahomes in that type of position. One last point, too. If you get them to drop into coverage and they're not blitzing and Mahomes has time to wait and see if he finds someone, remember the extra ingredient that Mahomes brings. Even though it's not the same explosion and speed 
and suddenness that you see when Lamar Jackson decides to run. Right. What you see from Patrick Mahomes is that that Harlem Globetrotters yeah, weaving in slow motion and right. everybody's standing around and they don't know what to do and he knows how to get past a guy who's just kind of like flailing at air like the Washington Generals. I mean, it's it's comical at times. He had a run like that against the Bills and it conjured memories and Nansen Romo mentioned the run from four years ago against the Titans in the AFC Championship where he made it to the end zone and it felt like they were just standing around watching him. They didn't know what to do. He's good for one of those as well, a game, especially if you're not putting so much pressure on him that he feels like he can slip around the corner and off he goes. Yeah, I, I agree. That's where it is. it's dangerous to blitz him that way, you know, no matter what, because he can avoid it and – you know, one, yeah, he can run like you're talking about, but when he's really the best is he avoids the blitz, makes a move, and now he he's running to the line of scrimmage with his eyes up or he sets up and he looks you over here and all of a sudden he throws some laser over there and you go, oh, shit, we blitzed, we missed, we got holes in the back end, and now they got a 25-yard gain out of it. And that's why nobody really wants to blitz Mahomes and all that. Uh, but I think the Ravens, and some situations are going to have to because I think they're going to look at it and go, damn, I, you know, they, they can block up front. I don't know if our front four will get there. We're going to have to send some people there to take away some of those scramble lanes, let alone, you know, uh, just to apply pressure on Mahomes because he could have all day if it's just the front four. He's one of those guys that's so good at everything he does that it causes your brain to lock up and you don't know what – like, once he starts moving toward the line of scrimmage, like, what do I do here? What do I do? Yeah, like, like last week, he, he did the fake shovel run? pass. What do I do? Right, right, right. He does it all. I mean, he might throw a jump hook. He might throw a shovel pass up in the air. He might throw it underhand. So you're, like, running at him, and you're like, oh, no, I got to tackle this guy who's a pretty good athlete. And yet, in the back of your mind, you're going, I've seen 75 fucking highlights of this guy doing crazy shit and throwing the ball around <laughs> guys like me. So you're like, oh, no, and then he runs, and then you're like, oh, shit, now I look like a fool because I went through all his fakes. And, you know, you, you're, yeah. you're, he's as slippery as hell. There is no doubt about it. He is a, a special, special guy. But that's the key. You feel like if you commit, you're going to be the mouse in a cat and mouse yeah, game. right. And if you don't commit – you're going to freeze long enough that he's just going to go right by you. Yeah. It's, it's a hell of a dilemma yep. for a defensive player because you don't know what to do, and he always finds a way to get away from you no matter what you do. All right, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense. they got a great running game. Dalvin Cook got on the field last week. Obviously, they're trusting him over Melvin Gordon. They can move the ball. They've got the pass catchers. And again, as we were talking about earlier on PFT Live, unleash Lamar Jackson as a runner in these high-stakes games because you're not worried about a late-season ankle injury or knee injury or foot injury or any other injury that would knock him out. You're going for the brass ring. Dangerous offense against a defense that has held its own for most, uh, most of the year. Yeah. What do you expect from Baltimore's offense against Kansas City's defense? Yeah, uh, I mean, awesome defense. You know I love Spags. You love Spags. We all love Spags. I mean, he's special. He's game plan specific. He does do new things all the time. So how can you not enjoy this little chess match here, right? I mean, now, the, the, the last week was preparation for the Chiefs a little bit. I, I will say that. The fact that you got to play Josh Allen the week before you play Lamar Jackson, you know, I know Josh Allen's not as fast as Lamar Jackson, but in theory, plays a lot like him in a lot of ways. Quarterback design runs, the scrambling, the running, 
Got to have a QB spy there. I think that'll be part of the Chiefs' game plan, right? All of that. The Chiefs are certainly a versatile defense, great at zone, great at man, can rush the, 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 the quarterback with four and be really good, and then can be one of the most creative blitzing teams in football too. Here's a little bit, you know, like we talked about the other side, I got some dilemmas for you. I mean, again, if you're the Chiefs, right, the Chiefs, the one thing that I worry about is you heard me say earlier today, William Gay, where's his health going to be? Phenomenal middle linebacker. Derek Nottie, all right, the defensive tackle, his health, where's he going to be, right? Because if there was one weakness I saw last week or what worries me a little bit is when Chris Jones is not in the game, the Chiefs worry about their run defense. And they play a little bit, they call the game when he's out, like, hey, we got to protect these backup deep tackles. We got to protect them. We got to do stuff there to stop the run and do that, which, you know, I like and all that. But doing that too much in this matchup could be scary. Oh, we're going to load the box. We're going to blitz people here. All right. Well, now you're playing man to man on the outside, right? And now we know that, hey, the Chiefs can play, can play some man to man. They're good at it, but. It's man-to-man against possibly like four big-time difference makers if Mark Andrew plays. I mean, Bateman, OBJ, Zay Flowers, it's hard to win all those matchups, right, Mike? So, And it's Lamar fucking Jackson who's like, oh, wait, he's open by that much? I can throw it in there and fucking throw a laser and eat that shit, all right? So that's where it's a little different than maybe Tua with his weapons where they're like, well, he can't even throw it in here if it's tight, so we're not worried about it. And I, I'm interested to see the attack there by the Chiefs as far as that's concerned. My general thought is this, and it's a twist on the Bill Belichick approach to defensive football, which has always been take away what the other side does best I hear offensively. You. I think for a game like this, yeah. when you consider the psychology of it, right? when you consider the Chiefs are in their sixth straight AFC championship, for the Ravens, it's a first time for every player on the field. Yeah. I'd have to look at the roster to see if somebody came from a team that played in an NFC. Kyle Van Noy, right? Did, but he was you he know. was injured. Van Noy's been there. Yeah. Cook wasn't playing in 2017 right. when the Vikings made it. I mean, there may be a few guys who can help. Yeah. But collectively, this is new for them. Right. My approach would be, and this gets to what I was saying as it relates to the Chiefs' offense. Same thing for the Chiefs' defense. Take away the thing that's easier. Because I think if you let them do the thing that's easier, they are less likely to freak out. They're more likely to build confidence. And then they're more, more likely to do the more difficult thing well if they build some confidence. So I would take away the easy stuff. I would take away the running game. I would force Lamar Jackson to be accurate early in the game. Yep, okay. Like Baker Mayfield told you last week. Yeah. Even though – the reason was the Bucks were in a hostile environment. Still, you don't want to have negative plays. You don't want to have turnovers early. You're going to be more aware of that. You're going to be feeling more nervous. That's the time to kind of bait the Ravens into making a mental error, not a physical error, because physically it's just it's it's easier and yeah, you feel better. You know, hey, we ran for seven yards. We ran for eight yards. We ran for ten yards. All right, we're feeling good. Play action. Boom, 50-yard touchdown. I want to force them to manage their emotions because the emotions are more likely to affect the brain than it is the body. So offense and defense, 
I want to put them in a spot where they got to think clearly yeah, right. at a time when they feel their pulse in their neck and they know that this is a bigger deal than any game they've ever played in before. That, I, that would be my general approach to concocting offensive and defensive game plan. I like what you're saying there. I, I tend to think that's what they'll do as well because here's the next angle to that, right? One, you heard me say, I, you know, hey, listen, if the Chiefs just play it straight up on the D-line against those big fuckers on the uh, uh, Ravens O-line, I don't think they can hang in there gap for gap, like, and just hang in there, right? I think they got to create a little chaos. The Texans did good with that with their speed up front last week, creating a little chaos in the run game. The Chiefs have an athletic front to do that as well, let alone, Mike, to your point, and I think the most important thing here, yeah, make them uncomfortable. We got good corners, and I still was not overly impressed with the Ravens' blitz plan last week against the Houston Texans. I was not, right? It, the whole first half, they had issues with it. The second half, their answer was basically throw the ball quick and quarterback design run. And I think now you blitz, you stop the run, you maybe contain Lamar, because if you just rush forward, he's going to have some passes where he's going to have all day. So now you maybe contain him, get him to throw the ball a little quicker. Plus, you're not the Texans. You can play better man than they can and do some of the things I think you alluded to. I think that's where it's interesting. I think that's what I expect from the Chiefs, that they kind of test that element of the Ravens' offense and kind of pressure Lamar and do some of that stuff. I'll go first since I'm the one holding the lead, and I don't want you to be suspicious of my <laughs> motives or accuse me of cheating again and cause me to lose my fucking mind like I did last week. So, so, here, and, and, and this is what I've struggled with all week. Yeah. This is what I've struggled with. Uh, number one, number one, I, I don't need or want Ravens fans up my ass again as I experienced, and I deserved it a month ago today when the Ravens beat the 49ers on Christmas night and I had foolishly said the 49ers would kick the shit out of the Ravens. <laughs> Nobody's kicking the shit out of anybody in this game. This no. is going to be a close game. It's exactly. going to be down to the wire, I right. hope. And and look, th this, is, this is where I struggled. Back before the season started, we made our picks yeah. about who's going to make it to the playoffs, who's going to make it to the Super Bowl, and it's all meaningless. Nobody cares. But here we are, here we are uh, on the brink of the Super Bowl, and I picked the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, me too. How, I mean, like, how can I, I, I – like, it feels weaselly to not pick the team that you've predicted to go to the Super Bowl before the season began when they're one game away from getting to the Super Bowl. I don't want to hedge. I mean, maybe if I had a ticket that was paying me whatever the odds would have been, they wouldn't have been very – high odds for the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Uh and I'm gonna hedge by picking the Ravens to win. I don't know. I I gotta stick I gotta stick with the horse that got me this far. I believed in the Chiefs then. I believe in them now. I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I've said we're witnessing history and this may just be too much for the Ravens. If it would win the Bills, may, I'd probably pick the Ravens. But the Chiefs have proven that they know how to thrive in this kind of setting, in this kind of environment. Being on the road is just enough a twist to get their attention. I got the Chiefs, and I keep going 30-27. to 27. I'm a glutton for punishment. That was the score of the 1998 NFC Championship game that the Vikings lost in overtime <laughs> to the Falcons. 30, Chiefs, Ravens, 27. I'm sorry, Ravens. And I won't be surprised if the Ravens win. I'm just sticking with the horse that brung me this far. I hear you. I don't. I, you know, you're not wrong there. Everything you said is true. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I, like you, picked them to go to the Super Bowl, too, and play the 49ers for part two of that matchup, 
right? So I, I, I hear you. And then, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, again, I think what they did last week was remarkable. You know, like I said, I mean, just I, what they did the week before, you know, the second to last week of the regular season, the third to last week of the regular season, they looked like, man, I mean, they got their fucking asses whooped by the Raiders on Christmas day, like whooped, like one of the worst performances I've seen the chiefs ever have to be able to turn it around and do what they're doing. I mean, you know me, I'm a little bit like, oh, play off this, play off Mahomes. Like, that's like made up crap, but it's not with this group. It's not. That's where they're special. But call me the weasel. Call me weasel doodle do. Because wow. I'm going to go with the same thought that I had last week, and I'm going to ride it again this week. The Chiefs, the year has been inconsistent. They tried to do dumb shit with the McCole, McCole Hardman, North Sims Jong-un, North Korea fumble in the end zone, and they still were just too good and beat the Bills. I don't think it happens this week. I think the Ravens' mission all year, one of the best teams we've seen all year, I think they're the one team that can stop this Chiefs magic. I think they do it. I'm taking Ravens 24-20. Wow. All right. So we disagree on that one. That was tough, man. You have the Ravens covering the spread as I well. Did. You I have did. the Ravens covering the spread, and you've weaseled. You've abandoned your preseason I know. Super Bowl representative from the AFC. Let's take a break. When we return, let's see if Chris abandons his preseason <laughs> NFC representative Super Bowl as the 49ers prepare to take on the Lions. We'll see if he's weasel times two. That's next on Chris Sims Unbuttoned at PFTPM. What kind of noise does a weasel make? Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this NFL playoffs, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $200 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. And please wager responsibly. All right, here we go. NFC Championship. We were talking about the spread earlier. It opened as the 49ers 6.5 over the Lions. It's moved to 7, which means there's 
action being placed on the 49ers. Kind of a surprise when you consider the 49ers didn't look great against the Packers. The Lions haven't been dominant in the postseason. No, not at all. They've had two home games. Right. They won by a point over the the uh, uh, the uh, who they beat in the first game? The Rams. Why am I blanking? The, the Rams. Rams and the Rams. The Rams. Duh. <laughs> the uh, the Rams. And then they covered the spread against the Buccaneers, but it felt closer than that, and could have been closer than that if Todd Bowles just would have, you know, T for Todd. If he just would have done that. Hey Todd, what's what's the first letter of your first name? T. If he just would have done that, maybe they, they would have covered. Maybe they would have won. So they go on the road now for the first time this postseason. The 49ers at home again, obviously. The forecast is good. No rain. No worries about Brock Purdy and the, the wet football and the issues he was having on Saturday night. So let's let's start this one. We're going to do this in two different segments. We're going to start with when the Lions have the ball. Let's break that down. Chris, what do you expect from this team that loves to avoid third and long and has the running backs and the passing game to avoid, more often than not, being stuck in third and long? You don't want Jared Goff to be back there with Nick Bosa and others in his face because that's when Jared Goff can start coughing the football off. Yeah, no no, no doubt. Now, th- I think that's part of the question. Can that front four get there? Can that front four get there? I think, you know, this is four to five NFC championships the 49ers have been to. I think this is their worst defense of those four championship round defenses. I do. Again, last week, do you remember many times really talking about or thinking about any of the 49ers D linemen? right? That was a, a Packers O-line that's pretty good too, right? But it, it's not the the just absolute killer collapse the pocket like we've seen from Nick Bosa and company in other years. That's where it's a little different. And we know the Lions can protect. And with Jared Goff, like we talked about on PFT this morning, he's great against the blitz, but he's horrible versus pressure, right? So where can you find that fine line? Right, Because if you blitz, they're smart. They're really well coached. Their O-line's damn good and smart, too. Goff understands how to redirect the protection and do all that. So they more times than not, when you blitz, and this is why Todd Bowles didn't blitz, and he's the blitz king of the world last night, didn't blitz that much because he was watching film all week going, man, I don't know, everybody that blitzes these guys, I mean, they pick it up and they gash them, right? So that's, to me, where the 49ers are going to have to find the fine line here. I do. And I think really ultimately when it comes down to it, the 49ers, I think are going to have to blitz. I do. Uh, I I just think that one, if they play it straight up, I do think the Lions can run the ball on them a little bit, even though this is a great run defense. Uh, And I think Jameer Gibbs is phenomenal. You know that. But two, the Lions have some things in their passing attack that would scare me if I'm the 49ers if I don't blitz and force the issue a little bit. One, like we said, they can protect. Two, you've heard me say a million times, dating back to the Netflix with Kansas City Chiefs and before that, the Niners are the kings of not letting people throw over the middle and taking away some of those more consistent completion areas. Like that. Like you've heard me say, Shanahan goes, wait, I kill everybody right here. Don't let everybody kill us right here, all right? Don't do that. And like Mahomes said, whoa, if they're going to play me like that, we could throw the ball deep, we could throw the ball outside the numbers. The Lions are capable and do that. So that's where it's going to be interesting. But the 49ers do play better man-to-man coverage than years past, even though they don't want to do it a ton. So that's where I find it interesting, and it's going to be a good chess match between Steve Wilkes and Ben Johnson. 
I'm going to try to take away the running game if I'm the 49ers and I want Jared Goff to beat me. I want Jared Goff to feel the weight of the moment. Yeah. And okay. I almost want him to become uncomfortable because he's unexpectedly comfortable, if that makes any sense. I like hear you're you. saying, don't blitz him. Make him go through his reads. Make him deliver the football accurately. And and if he if he passes that test, then maybe you change it up and try to get after him, especially because they got injuries in the middle of the offensive line. Maybe you can send some guys up the middle and get in his face. Yeah, we know that was right. always the way with Tom Brady. Right. Yeah, forget about going around the edge. Go up the middle, and that's what's going to rattle him. Maybe that's what you need to do with Jared Goff. But I – I like the idea of, and, and it could be easier said than done when they have Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, get to the ball, use those linebackers to minimize whatever he's gained on first and second down, and then and then drop into coverage, hope Nick Bosa can earn his money in this game, get around the edge, and harass Jared Goff and get him to make a mistake. If you can just get him to make a mistake or two. It's almost like the same mindset as the Ravens. Let him for, and he's been there before, and I know he's taken a team to the Super Bowl, but we saw what happened in the biggest moment possible. Let's hope that he has that same kind of a misfire in a hostile environment on the road against a defense that you know is better than any defense he's faced so far in the postseason. Yeah, I I I, I tend to agree with that thought too. You know, I I, I would err on yes. Let's make Goff uncomfortable early. Right, like you heard me say, I don't think the 49ers are as dominant in the pass rush. I then that doesn't mean I think they have to blitz every play, but I do think there needs to be a splash more of aggressiveness for them, right? They're a little bit like you hear me sometimes say, like, hey, this is what we do. We do these three, four, three or four things and we do it really good. I think they gotta maybe bring a, a curveball or two to the table here and maybe blitz a little bit more than they normally would. Uh, to compound some of the the problems that this Lions offense presents to them on the defensive side of the ball. Well, it'll be uh, an interesting aspect of what hopefully will be a great game. When we return, we're going to flip it over to the other side when the 49ers have the ball and the Lions are on defense, and we'll make our picks for the NFC Championship game next here on Chris Sims Unbuttoned and Yet. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this NFL playoffs, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTON when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, here we go. NFC Championship game when the 49ers have the football. And again, 49ers favored by seven over under of 51. 55% of the spread money is on the San Francisco 49ers. They've got Christian McCaffrey. They've got George Kittle. They've got Brock Purdy. They've got Trent Williams. They might not have Debo Samuel. We'll see. Brandon Ayuk as well, who was a second team All-Pro this year. What does that offense do against a Lions defense that has shown it is not stout against the pass. I think it was Mike Tirico who said during the Bucks Lions game that the Lions secondary is not good. So AKA Kaka. how does that play out when it's time to try? Wait, how does that how does that Excuse me. boy that would have been great. I would I would have given him a big pile of money if he had said Kaka on the air. Oh, uh, and bless me. you by the way. Thank you. And bless you again. Thank you. Bless you again. Uh keep sneezing in the show. We'll go to Kaka. All right, uh 49ers Offense, what do they do against the Lions defense, which is caca on the back end? Yeah, uh, that's the big question because, right, the 49ers are a running team, if, if not the best running team in football, right? So that's what they want to do. The Lions stopped the run, right? Brock Purdy threw the ball like shit last week and played fucking horrible. I mean, horrible. The Lions, yeah, not great at past events, but also very good like we saw last week at disguising and bringing a blitz every now and then that the quarterback doesn't see coming because they don't give you any clues. They almost do it in an unsound way at times, right? Where we saw early in the game, Baker Mayfield get caught off guard a few times, and I was like, damn, how could Baker miss that? Then I watch film, and I go, well, I see how they missed that. Like, it, it, that came out of nowhere. That, the quarterback had no clues. Aaron Glenn's very good at that, let alone the interception at the end of the game kind of did the same thing. So – that's where I get into, right, we talk about teams. Hey, this is what brought us here. We can't leave that. The 49ers, you know, running the football, Christian McCaffrey. But, damn, you've heard me talk about it all year. The Lions, one, are really good at stopping the run and big up front, and, two, will go all in on situations, which you've heard me talk about a lot, right, Mike, where if you get in a run set, they go, fuck it, we're going all in to stop the run. And if you get in the shotgun and go empty, they go, fuck it. We're dropping eight and only going to rush three. Uh, you know, you, like you've heard me say, if it's third and one, they go all in to stop that. If it's third and four, they go all in to stop the four-yard pass. That's what they do. That could be dangerous against Shanahan, though. That could be. That's where you got to work. Shanahan's the ultimate zig when you zag. You do this. Well, I got this to screw you over this week. You better watch out. And, you know, typically the Lions match up against – you know, that personnel set, like you heard me say, if you go two backs, one tight end, two receivers, they go, bring in the big boys. We got to stop the run. But the 49ers in those sets can go, hey, 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 you got the big boys in. Now we're going to be in shotgun. McCaffrey against one of your big run stopping linebackers. McCaffrey's like a legit slot receiver. Use checks like a really good tight end. Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. That's where it could pose some problems for the Lions, and I'll be interested to see their approach because I would bet you that's what Shanahan wants to do. What are they going to do when I go two backs, one tight end, and then he's going to kind of base the game off of that? 
And we talked about that earlier on PFT Live. Bait right. them into putting their big guys in there and then spread them out. Swiss Army that. Knife, right. Christian McCaffrey, right. Kyle Juszczyk. Move guys around and and let Brock Purdy do his thing. And look, it's 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 amazing how Brock Purdy has become so polarizing. There's a group out there that says this guy sucks no matter what and he's overrated. And then there's a group that's like, he's Joe Montana already. And you can rattle off any stats you want when you're the captain of a highly potent offense, yes, you're going to have some statistics you can point to that would compare favorably to statistics generated by other quarterbacks. That doesn't mean those other quarterbacks wouldn't do just as well Thank you. working with Kyle That's Shanahan right. in that offense. Right. But it really is amazing. I mean, and people get so triggered about this. Like, don't you dare say a bad thing about Brock Purdy. Well, if he wins the Super Bowl, I won't say a bad thing about him. But we've seen Christmas night against the Ravens. And I know... Some of those were just bad luck. Shit happens. Yeah. Ball goes up in oh, the air. Sure. And somebody yeah. just happens to be where it comes down. We saw the game against the Vikings. There are moments where it may be too big for him so far. Maybe he can rise up to it. This is his test. This is his challenge. And what's riding on it is the possibility if he pisses down his leg. And I'm not saying he will, but yeah. if he does, you get Kyle Shanahan with his wandering eye. Who else is out there that I can have play quarterback to finally get us over the hump? I hear you. As they go from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. They did it to Jimmy Garoppolo. They, you know, they 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 did it to Trey Lance before he even got a chance to really be the weekend and week out starter. They'll do it to Brock Purdy. They were going to do it with Tom Brady. They were going to bring Brady in before Purdy even had a chance to have the year that he had. So, so I'll make my pick again. All right, but so you're saying, though, in that and you would err if you're the Lions on don't let them run, bring it, and let me see if Brock Purdy can be, beat us, right? That's kind of yes, what you're saying, right? Hands. Okay, right. Yes, yes. Make him beat us because if I make Christian McCaffrey beat us, he will. Yeah. I'm taking away McCaffrey, and or at least trying to take away McCaffrey, right. and I'm going to make Brock Purdy beat us, and maybe he will against a defensive secondary that – to quote Mike Tirico again, is not good. Okay, um, it's not good for me to abandon my preseason Super Bowl picks. I just can't do it. I never want to be accused of trying to have it both ways, and I fully appreciate the fact that you're willing to try to have it both ways. I'm not criticizing you of doing it. I know. I just don't good. want to open myself up to it. I hear you. So I, I, I'm taking the 49ers to win, 24-21. Lions cover, Lions cover, 49ers win, 24-21, Brock Purdy passes the test and takes the team to the Super Bowl, thanks in part to the defense and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, it, it's funny, right? The matchups, right? It, it's like the NFC is more team-oriented. You know, the AFC, we're like, give the ball to the quarterbacks and they'll figure it out, and those defenses won't want to mess with them. And the NFC, we're like, put all the pressure on the quarterbacks. I'm not sure they could deliver. It is funny. I'm going Niners as well. Uh, I, I think the Niners have been in a class of their own in the NFC all year long. I'm not going to abandon them now. And I think last week in a lot of ways like would be a, a wake-up call. Now, hey, it's certainly fair to question. Did the 49ers peak too early this year? I don't know. This week will answer that a little bit. But last week's the kind of win where the coach can be really pissed off. We won, and the players are scared going, oh, gosh, if we play like that again, we're going home. I'm taking the Niners 30-20 to 20 at home. And we get Ravens, Ravens 49ers, you know, uh, rematch in the Super Bowl. Well, I got Chiefs 49ers rematch in the Super Bowl. Either way, it's a rematch if the 49ers win. Best bets, or best bet, as the case may be, next here on PFTPM and Chris Simpson.
All right, here we are, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, PFTPM, landing the plane with best bets, or as the case may be, best bet. We have one. It can be a team to cover the spread or a team to, uh, or two teams to go over or under. I rarely go over or under. I'm thinking about it today, Chris. I'll let you do yours first. Well, I'm riding the 49ers. Uh, uh, I got them winning 30 to 20. It's where I feel the most comfortable here. I mean, again, it's, it's a seven-point spread. Uh, I don't feel great about it, right? I mean, it, this is scary. Both of these matchups are close. The scores I picked were kind of right on the over and under line. I didn't feel comfortable there. I, I, I just feel like, hey, if there's one thing I like this weekend, I think the 49ers in totality are a better football team. They're at home. I think they'll be motivated by the way they played last week. I'm going to ride them and take them to cover the spread. With only two games... I don't feel strongly enough about either of them to to stake my claim to a best bet. And I'm holding a one-game lead in the full-season competition. So I look at the over-under Kansas City-Baltimore, and I see 44.5, and I think there's going to be points scored in that game. I think it's going to go. I got 30 to 27. That's 57 points if my math is correct, and it rarely is. It now, is. I'm smitten by that score generally, but I see it being – both teams in the 20s. And if both teams are in the 20s, at least both teams in the 20s, you're going to have a chance of going over 44 and a half. So I'm taking the over, Chris, in the AFC Championship game. Chiefs-Ravens combined to score more than 44 and a half points. Yeah, okay. I, I hear you there. It's, it's, I, I, I could see that happening. I could see both offenses cracking the code there, right? I, I don't think you're crazy there. Now I could see the opposite too. Though. That that was where I got a little scared with that, you know, because I had I played with scores that were similar to like what you were talking about, and then I went back to like, wait, these are two of the best defenses all year, and they're creative and do that. So I, I'll I'll be interested to see how it goes, Mike, because we know there's certainly a lot a lot of firepower on offense to hit the over. That's for sure. And look, the bottom line is I did not feel strongly enough about either the Chiefs or the 49ers to plant the flag there. That is it. Enjoy the conference championship games. You'll see us Monday morning to break down everything that happens on Baltimore. Some of your time every He's week. picking the Chiefs. He doesn't believe in you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.